Our gospel lesson for today, the 23rd Sunday after Pentecost, comes from chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. Jesus says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout, look, here, come, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, no, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. While they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The gospel of the Lord. The people of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. Over the last few years, I've had an opportunity to travel quite a bit. And because of that, there's been a number of times when I've gone online to book things like hotels or flights or rental cars or even cruises, one of my more favorite things to do. And there's a number of different sites where you can do this. Now, a lot of the different companies you can go to and just book through them directly. They all have this online service to be able to do that. But of course, in recent years, with the advent of online shopping of various sorts and various kinds, of course, we've seen the growth of travel sites. And you know the type of sites I'm talking about, things like Orbitz or Travelocity or, or Priceline, things of that nature. And this is probably a technique that's been around for quite a while, but I've really begun to notice it more just in the probably about the last year, year and a half. The times when you go to book something and you see what looks like a fairly, a, a pretty good deal. And there's a little caption that tends to pop up on these. I've noticed this in a, different, a variety of different times. This caption that says, only four left at this price. Hurry up and get it. Or, or three people have booked this in the last 15 minutes or, or whatever. Just a, this little heading that pops up that gives you a sense of urgency. Like, you better hurry up and book it now because if you don't, you might miss out. It's, it's this mentality that there's a limited number, so you better get on. I want you to tuck that in the back of your head, just this idea, this, this idea that, of a limit or, or, or a scarcity. And, and, and tuck that away. We're going to get into this, this parable now. Where we're at in the church year, you can look and you can see the pyramids behind me. You can see we're back to green. We're, we're, we're off of Reformation Sunday from two weeks ago and All Saints Sunday from last week. And now we're back to green. But we're coming very near to the end of another church year and this long, long season of Pentecost. We've got this Sunday. We've got next Sunday. The following one, which is two weeks from now, is Christ the King Sunday. We'll be back to white pyramids on that one. And, and, and that is the end of the church year. The church year doesn't quite line up with the calendar year. So right at the end of November, just a few weeks from now, we'll transfer into Advent and, and the start of the new church year. But as we've gone through this long season of Pentecost, I mentioned this is the 23rd Sunday after Pentecost. It's a long season. And we see the ongoing story of the church, the growth of the church. And when we reach this point, 
we begin to find these, these texts in which Jesus begins to talk about the end times. I always call these the end timesy type texts. And it's normal. It's the flow and, and the theme and the ongoing emerging theme that we have within the season and within the lectionary text. This one's no different. We hear Jesus talking about the kingdom of heaven will be. In different times, we've heard Jesus, and when he's been using parables, we've had a lot of parables lately, and he says, the kingdom of heaven is, or the kingdom of heaven is compared to, or the kingdom of heaven is like this. Well, now Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven will be. So we get this future sense, and, and that speaks into this mentality that we have that the kingdom of heaven has come near with Jesus, but it's both now and not yet. It's present with us now. Jesus brought it but it's not yet brought to completion. It's not yet brought to fulfillment. That still lies out at some unknown time out there in the future. Now, a number of these different parables that Jesus tells, this one, and then there's some other ones that, that we, we feature uh, both in Matthew's gospel as well as in some of the other gospels, they have this sensibility of, of pay attention. You need to be ready, be watchful, because we don't know the day or the hour. We don't know when the master will come. That's, that's another, another parable similar to this one. This similar sensibility that we even have, like be awake, be watchful, because you don't know when it's going to happen. But this is that idea of a future unknown. And as Jesus is beginning to illuminate just one aspect of it, that's what the parables do. But the parable itself is interesting. So let's talk about that for just a minute. We've got this parable of the 10 bridesmaids. This speaks into a tradition that was part of the culture at that time. Weddings were a little bit different. I mean, the premise is still the same, but a wedding would happen when the, the bridegroom was essentially ready to bring the bride into his home. And so what they would do is they would go out and all of the, the other maidens of, the, of the, the community would come out with their lamps. I don't know why they needed a lamp because these things usually happen during the day, but for whatever reason, they bring their lamps out and they form this procession and they go with the groom who has gone to the, his, bridegroom, or his bride's father's home or her family home to take her and to escort her to his home where the celebration will happen. That is the tradition. And, and these bridesmaids or these maidens or these young women, they were a part of it. Now we hear that 10 of them go out to do that. 10 of them go out to, to do their part in this procession. And they all bring their lamps and their lamps are all burning. But then we hear that the groom is delayed. And as he is delayed and he doesn't show up and he doesn't show up and he doesn't show up, they all 10 get tired and they all 10 fall asleep. Remember that, all 10 of them were sleeping. There's no difference in them yet. But within the parable, we do hear this distinction. Five of them are called wise, five of them are called foolish. And the only separation between these five and these five is because of a bit of preparation. Five of them, the ones who are described as wise, but they can also be described as smart. They can also be described as shrewd. They can also be described even as crafty, depending on how you translate these words. They brought extra oil for their lamp. They had lit their lamp. There was oil in the lamp to make it burn, kind of like these two candles that are behind me. You can see them right here. They have oil in them that makes them burn, but they brought extra with them. And the five foolish ones, the other five, they had their lamps burning, but they didn't bring any extra oil. No one saw 
it coming that there was going to be this delay. No one expected the groom to be delayed, but for whatever reason, he is. And they all get tired. They all fall asleep. And sometime in the middle of the night, then they all get woken up by this cry. Someone in the community is like, here comes the bridegroom. Come out and meet him. And so they all go to light their lamps again. And of course, their lamps have all gone out and burned the oil that was in them. And now here comes the separation. The ones who brought extra oil have extra oil. The ones who didn't bring any extra with them, they've got no oil to burn. And so they ask, share some of the oil with us so that we may all participate in this. And now here's where things get into this scarcity idea. The, the ones that are described as wise, the ones who brought extra with them, they say, no, if we give you some, there's not gonna be, there, there might not be enough for all of us. So you need to go buy your own. You need to go get yourselves prepared. We're okay. We're gonna stay over here. We're gonna do our duty. We're gonna be ready because we thought ahead and brought extra. You have to bring your own. You have to go find your own. And so the five run off to try and buy oil. And it's in the midst of this time while they are gone, while they are busy trying to prepare themselves or get what they think they need, that the bridegroom comes and the invitation is extended. The invitation is given and they all go into the celebration. And then the five who were over here busy trying to get themselves ready, trying to get what they thought they needed to have, they are left out. That's the parable. Now, there's different ways of looking at this. I've talked about this one in different ways. I've looked at this one in different ways. And, and oftentimes in the past, when I have thought about this one and when I've heard other people talk about it, we're thinking very end timesy, like I was saying. Like the kingdom of heaven out there is going to be this, this thing. So you better be ready for it. You better be ready or else you'll be excluded and you'll be shut out. Now you can look at it that way but I really got to looking at it in a different way. I thought about this a lot. I thought about the separation that happens between the women because the only reason that the five smart ones or the five wise ones or the five shrewd or crafty ones are called that is dumb luck. They brought extra oil. No one was anticipating needing to wait. No one was anticipating that the groom would be delayed and it would get into the middle of the night and they would run out of oil. So they brought extra, maybe, and who knows why, but that's the only thing that separates them. Now, as I thought more and more and more about this, as I really dug into it, and I thought, it's this idea that if we give you some of what we already have, there won't be enough for everybody. So you, you gotta go find your own. And it's that idea of scarcity, that, that fear, that if we share with you, there won't be enough. But what if this? I thought a lot about this. They are present when the bridegroom comes. They are there. And maybe, just maybe, just maybe, that's the important thing, that they are present. So that when the invitation comes, they are able to join in with it. Maybe if they would have given some oil to the other women, the groom would have shown up right away. They all would have, all 10 would have had their lamps going. It would have all been good. All 10 could join in it. Maybe they didn't need to give any oil to the other five. Maybe the light of five lamps would be sufficient for 10 people. Or maybe, 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 maybe none of that really matters. And all they would have had to do is rely on the invitation of the groom when he comes, to be present there, to realize that I don't have to do something external in order to receive the invitation that's already been given. All I have to do is participate. 
the, the five foolish ones who run off to try and find oil, they are so busy trying to get what they think is necessary that they miss out on the, the celebration that's already going on. Now, I think we all fall in this trap. I think we all get caught up in this idea that I have to hold on to what I have and I can't share it because what if there won't be enough? It's, it's fear, isn't it? Isn't that what the five who have the extra oil, they're afraid that if they give some away, then they, they won't be prepared and they won't be accepted. But what if they're already accepted? What if we are already accepted? And what if that which we have been entrusted with has been entrusted to us in order to share it with those who don't have enough? I believe that when we get caught up in this trap of scarcity, this idea that I got to hold on to what I got because what if there isn't enough? That is such a fear-based thing. I got to have this because what if something bad happens? What if there's some issue? Will I be prepared for it? And if we talk about that in the physical sense, well, folks, you know what, what traps we fall into. I mean, this applies to all kinds of stuff. But if we start thinking about this in the spiritual sense, if we start thinking about this in terms of what do I need to do or what do I need to have or how do I be prepared for, uh, for the claim of God upon me to be invited into the celebration, well, we need to remember one thing. The work of preparation is not done on our part. It's done by God through Jesus. And guess what? It's already done. That was accomplished by Jesus on the cross. I don't know how it works, but that's the promise. Jesus says, I am bringing all people to myself. And Jesus says, it is finished as he was hanging on that cross. And I don't think he was being metaphorical. I think the work is already done. So maybe it's about simply being present to join in the celebration. Now think about this. The five wise ones, they were able to go in but they missed out on being able to share that with their friends. They missed out on the joy of having others join in the celebration. Maybe those five lamps would have been enough, but maybe the most important thing, and honestly, I think the most important thing is simply the invitation of the groom, who is Jesus, who has already offered it to us. You have already been claimed by God as beloved child. That's already done for you. You are prepared. The other thing that I think applies when we talk about this whole idea of scarcity is the idea of a limit to God's grace and God's love and God's mercy. But folks, there is no limit to the unending, all-in, sacrificial, perfect love of God and joy and delight that God takes in all of creation, and that includes humanity, so that includes all of us. There is no limit to it. It's not like God's grace and God's love and God's mercy is a pie. And if I get a piece, then there's less for you. Guess what? It doesn't work like that. It's all in. If I get a piece, there's still, all of it is still there ready for the next person. And the, we get to join in the joy of sharing that. I want to go back now, as we think about all this, I want to go back to this idea, this future tense that we've been talking about. Again, I know at the beginning I said this is very end timesy. This is future tense. But I think it's also important to remember when Jesus says this. For Jesus, this is future tense. Because even though he brought the kingdom of heaven with him as he entered into this world, as he, the word became flesh and dwelled among us, this is before his death and his resurrection. The resurrection has not happened yet. So for Jesus, this is still future tense. But when it is done, and it was done on the cross, then it becomes the reality. 
whatever it was that God was accomplishing through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, I believe it's already finished for us, even when it doesn't feel like it. And the invitation into this wedding celebration that we have been offered as well is that we simply live our lives in the way that reflects this thing that is already done for us. God continues moving through reality continuing to bring chaos towards order. God is taking all of this somewhere. Now, yes, I believe both the now and the not yet. I believe it's real for us now, but not completely brought to fruition. And why do I think that? Because not everybody knows it. Because not everyone believes it. Not everyone is experiencing it. And that's getting into the whole scarcity thing too. God's love is given to us to then share with others. God's claim upon us all of us is given to us and when it clicks and when we receive it and when we have it we're called to share it it's not for us just to hang on to and hold on to and think i've got this and i'm good enough and yay everything's great for me it's meant for us to share god says love god love your neighbor and part of loving your neighbor is helping them realize that they're a part of the celebration too i believe that there was mistakes made by these 10 bridesmaids on both sides of the coin I think they were all buying into the scarcity mentality. The five wise ones thought, we got to hang on to it, otherwise there won't be enough. And the five foolish ones says, we don't have enough, so we got to go find some. All the while, the invitation was already present. It was already there. They were already invited into the celebration. May we remember that. We have all been invited into the celebration. We are all invited to live our lives in a way that reflects the reality of the kingdom. And in doing that, That's how we participate. The party's already going on, folks. We're already invited. We're already in it. But maybe we're just too caught up in trying to be ready for it that we don't realize we're already in the midst. May we hold on to that in the middle of this ongoing pandemic, in the middle of all kinds of uncertainty, in the midst of a world that is broken and flawed. May we remember the joy of our master, the joy of the groom, the joy of the one who has invited us and takes joy and delight in us and also asks us to share that with one another.